Sometimes the metaphor of stained glass needs to be reversed. And maybe we should admit that our glass is stained. Hello, this is Todd Littleton with Pathological, the podcast for the pastor theologian, with a podcast that explores the intersection of life, faith, and thinking theologically. This episode is a little bit different in that it is a clip uh, segment out of a recent uh, radio, uh, that is an um, online radio program, where uh, Philip Larson of uh, Philip and Ryan's Conversation Rules uh, gets on for a breaking news segment on Crossover Radio to discuss the recent uh, trustee action at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where just one week prior, Dr. Patterson had been named President Emeritus. One week later, he's terminated and all proposed benefits are stripped. Obviously, this is some news. So Philip checked with me to see if I had some time to talk about it, and that's what this conversation is about. Please pay particular attention. The reason I'm posting this is is there is and there are issues that are rooted in uh, theological understandings gone awry or theological errors that have perpetuated uh, a way to view others, particularly women, and it's just flat wrong. So if you uh, give a listen and you think it'd be beneficial to a friend, uh, another pastor, or lay leader, to think theologically through events and to hear how that's done, then please share the podcast. Leave us a rating and a review so that we can be uh, easily found by those who are looking for this particular kind of resource. So here's my conversation with Philip Larson. And that's right. We are back here on Crossover Radio. It is Radio with a Purpose, uh, talking about the breaking news coming out of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We have now uh, one of our own, uh, the master of disaster himself, uh, Todd Littleton from Roundtable Media Group, as well as uh, Snow Hill Baptist Church here in Tuttle, Oklahoma. Todd, how are you this evening? I'm doing well, Philip. How are you? I'm doing well, just kind of uh, kind of processing and parsing the the breaking news, especially coming out of the Baptist Church, a church that uh, uh, that uh, you and I are affiliated with, a church where I got a, uh, I, I got a, a a master's degree from seminary, and one that we deeply care about because of its impact on the gospel, and just kind of parsing through the news here. And as, uh, as uh, it's, uh, it broke this evening, uh, Todd, we just want to get your thoughts, what you think the, uh, the implications are. What do, you think, uh, uh, what do you think this means for the annual meeting coming up in two weeks? And, and, and on a greater scale, what, what do you think it means uh, as a message from the Baptist Church? Well, Philip, I was uh, fairly surprised when I saw this pop up on, on Twitter just not long ago. And I've uh, been thinking through uh, that, and I caught some of your conversation with uh, Ryan. You know, I, I like you and he, uh, I'm a two-time graduate from Southwestern and um, have always thought fondly of my experience there. Um, uh, Dr. Dilday signed my, uh, you know, diplomas, and uh, I was uh, in the area when he was fired, so... Um, I've been really kind of wrestling with the whole uh, situation uh, wherein, you know, Russell was fired after a favorable uh, job performance review 
and then summarily locked out, walked out, um, and allegedly he was, didn't play too well um, with a group of people. I understand he apologized for that, but it, it landed on deaf ears. Here we have an entirely different matter that's that's played out over the last um, two, three months, really. And um, I'm glad uh, for the decision. Uh, I think it does make a statement. Uh, I still think we're going to be open to ridicule uh, for the fact that it took this long. Um, and I know that, you know, wheels of bureaucracy have to turn at, at a particular pace, but... Um, I, I've always likened it to the fact that there's not a pastor I know that would have survived that sort of uh, uh, stuff and um, that a man was afforded a particular privilege because he is perceived um, either one to have been the cog in um, a self-described uh, conservative resurgence, um, which to me idolizes a human being. Uh, if you really believe this was something God did, then um, it could never be that you could elevate a person above, you know, the work of the Spirit, if that's what you're going to claim. Um, and uh, or it was a result of fear. And, um, you know, people have known um, Dr. Patterson's tactics for four decades. And so, you know, I, I can't assume to know what's going through some of those Texas trustees minds. That is, those who were trustees at the at Southwestern who were who hailed from Texas, but um, there are plenty who know uh, the tactic if you crossed uh, Dr. Patterson in Texas, and and uh, so um, I'm not sure which it was or a combination thereof, but um, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that that tactic ends uh, that pattern that habit. Um, those are kind of some of my initial initial thoughts. So, we, Todd, we got, I actually got a question in from the text line here, uh, my yeah. per, which is also my personal number. But uh, so the the question is, do you think that uh, that Dr. Bingham was influential in this move? Uh, the person texting in said that he had him twice in a, in a class and, and was impressed with his character. Do you think that the board of trustees picked Bingham? Uh, in essence, that uh, that this was you know a long game of chess that they were might you know circle back around and revisit this, this decision. Do you think Bingham had any kind of influence saying that we kind of dropped the ball on this, or was this just kind of a, uh, a, a all a all a coincidence uh, in Providence? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, anything we uh, conjecture at this point is obviously speculation. I, I think there was always an intent to visit this again. Things weren't final after uh, last week's meeting, so everyone knew that this was going to be visited again. It's possible that because the way the news broke last week, the timing of it related to the uh, uh, alleged um, sexual abuse uh, advice cover-up, whatever you want to call it, uh, came to light really after the fact. It could have easily caught the... Um, trustees by surprise, although I think they actually knew it was coming. Um, it seemed Rep to report, be... Reports are that um, from Sarah Smith. She reported last week uh, with her interview with Jeremy that Sarah, Sarah Pulliam Bailey, uh, the morning of the meeting, uh, reached out to the Southwestern trustees saying that this was a story that will be run today and asked for comment. 
And, and so believing if we believe that report, we believe that it, they either knew during uh, uh, or before the uh, the meeting with Dr. Patterson. Yeah, what's what's weird about that is, is that in their statement released last week, it seemed to me that they had in mind an event that happened there at Southwestern, not Southeastern. And even though they were tipped, I think it it would lead to some confusion as to what event took place. Now that you have um, the the young lady coming forward, she's now an identified person. She tweeted it out this week that who she was. Um, and then you had two other uh, sort of Me Too testimonials that, that came out wherein it was described exactly how they were treated as women on the Southwestern campus. Another comment that was made during a chapel service by Dr. Patterson about a young lady who sang. Um, and so I, I think that any hesitation because of uh, trying to get all the pieces together uh, prior to that meeting, uh, this I think was a, a move that, that they now have. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Give them an opportunity to go back and say, let's get these details and let's address this. And I and because this move made specific reference to an event not happening at Southwestern. Last week's was a reference to Southwestern. I'm not sure that it was clear in everyone's mind um, exactly what was what the details were. Now, I could be totally wrong. I've also heard that everybody knew um, what was coming. Um, so that would just blow my speculation out of the water. As to Dr. Bingham, I don't know him. I know nothing about him. Um, my my uh, sense was you better have a strong person if you're going to put Dr. Patterson in a house on campus. Um, right. And, and so if you don't have a strong personality at that point, then I can assure you um, that would have been a short tenured um, interim. And that's absolutely right. And so, uh, Todd, you, you mentioned Dr. Dill Day. And one of the criticisms that I saw actually quite a bit uh, in, in response to the decision last week was, um, you know, kind of the comparison bet- between how he was treated on his way out versus how Dr. Patterson was treated in, in you know, the original decision of the emeritus role. And, um, you know, Dr. Dilday, the, the reason that he, you know, the stated reason he was fired, fired was because of uh, diminishing enrollment. Dr. Patterson's enrollment is also diminished as well. But, uh, you know, in light of all these other allegations, I mean, one could say that his his transgressions greatly exceeded that Dr. Dilday's. And so, uh, my question to you is this: as as an alum and someone who uh, was was on campus during uh, Dr. Dilday's tenure, is is I mean you you uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you spoke of him you know kind of glowingly in your remarks just now. Um, but do you believe that this? Provi- I mean, I don't want to say vindication, but at least uh, gives some level of of solace that um, at, at the very least there is consistency in. Um, and how Southwestern is going to um, treat, you know, serious uh, questions of, of moral leadership. No, oh, I don't think there's a comparison at all. I think it's a, I think it's a distinction with a difference um, to talk about someone's character and performance and, in affirmation only to turn around and the uh, go back and read the record. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't, Dilley wasn't terribly nice to conservatives. And that was what stuck in the new trustees' minds who were 
uh, appointed by uh, CR uh, presidents. And so there was this natural tension that um, was at work. Maybe Dr. Dilday was um, a little, um, um, maybe he had a little uh, bit of his own kind of power at work, but he was the president. He wasn't going to be trifled with by those who really didn't know the inner workings of what's going on in the seminary. I, I speak glowingly in the sense of, you know, how, how is it that you can equate um, a declining enrollment to a moral issue when um, you go from, I think it was 5,000 to 4,000 under Dill Day, and, um, and then you fire, uh, you replace Dr. Hemphill with Dr. Patterson, allegedly over declining enrollment, and now uh, the en enrollment is embarrassing. Um, and then we haven't even begun to learn the details of the financial situation at the seminary. Um, there are reports of um, uh, unfunded retirements. There's uh, a gloat of faculty for the number of students, uh, uh, you know, lavish expenditures, uh, the uh, complete remodel and expansion of the home on Pecan Manor, the, the stature of this particular residence on campus. Um, you know, I, 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 no, I, I don't think you can say that this, it, this, there's a consistency in how things are going to be treated unless somehow you're going to lay claim that Dr. Dilday did something, you know, immoral. Listen, covering a rape, offering a suggestion, don't report it, um, uh, telling someone who's abused, you know, I'm, I'm glad your husband came to church, even though you got two black eyes. Um, no, no, that's, that, that's a no. And, uh, I don't think there's any way you can compare the two. Um, if we're just going on consistency, Dr. Patterson should have been fired long ago for the deterioration in enrollment or, or the declension in enrollment. So the consistency would have been at that point where you've two prior presidents were fired because allegedly declining enrollment. Good grief. Th th this, this takes that to a whole nother level. Um, so no, I don't. I don't think there's a consistency in the actions of the trustees between Dr. Dilday and Patterson, or Hemphill and Patterson, for that matter. So, so that begs the question, Todd, as far as you know, what happens now? I mean, this. I mean, it seems like now that the Page Patterson tenure is is not only over, but you know, over with a bullet here. Um, that that he's no longer going to be on campus as theologian in residence. That he will no longer carry the uh, president emeritus. Uh, role. Uh, a lot of people in, in the Baptist world look at Southwestern at, at a crossroads. You know, what are, what are they going to be uh, in the coming years, especially, uh, especially with Bingham uh, as, as at the interim roles, they find a, a permanent solution and perhaps it is Bingham, but at least, you know, in the, in the short run, um, I think you and I would, as would agree that, uh, that God is in the redemption business, uh, which is good news for you and me and ever and all of our listeners. But, but moreover, that uh, that God still has something uh, for uh, for Southwestern, and and as as all of this unfolds and all of this you know you know double standards when we talk about D uh, Dill Day and then Hemphill and now Patterson and and all of the things that have happened over the past week and even the past you know twenty years or so, um, 
where does the seminary go from here? Where, as, a, as an alum, I mean, you have a voice. I mean, you, uh, you have a vested interest in Southwestern's uh, uh, future in the sense that, uh, that uh, their name uh, follows your master's degree. What would you like to see Southwestern do to, to take uh, the, the end of this Patterson area, era and begin anew um, with a, new, uh, a fresh perspective? Phil, that's a really tough question. Um, let me let me let me step back from that question and and maybe offer a few things. Number one, um, this is not a southwestern problem. It is southwestern's situation is symptomatic. It's symptomatic of a particular uh, form of leadership that has been praised and adopted. Um, it's it's a it, it to do do it in theological terms. We have a glory story fascination, and we're not very good theologians of the cross. Mm. And the consequence is has been that we have a systemic problem. Listen, I've heard uh, Dr. Patterson. I was at Criswell for a year when Dr. Patterson was president there. I sat and listened to him talk about preaching. He he. He did a good job talking about homiletics and preaching in the, you know, I didn't take the class. I sat in as a guest. Um, so I, I don't want to, I don't think that Dr. Patterson, though prominent in where we are in this conversation, Dr. Patterson is symptomatic. Uh, when, let me give you a second illustration. When our two proposed presidential nominees for the SBC will not name the problem and only speak about uh, this issue about abuse in generic terms, do not feel as though they can name the issue and everybody turns to talk about cleansing and reviving and such. We aren't, we aren't ready for the suffering that should be required to put an end to the glory story that we've lived in. And and so I, I I don't this isn't a southwestern problem, Philip. I, this is this is a Southern Baptist Convention problem. This is a leadership problem. It, you know I I think that's the issue. So what can Southwestern do? Southwestern could maybe make decisions now that would actually uh, turn and um, force the Southern Baptist Convention to make some better decisions at all their agencies and entities. Um, the, 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 the whole reward system, the whole, I'm waiting in the wings on power. I'm waiting on my turn to be president. This has gone on for years, decades. Uh, that, that's the problem. The problem isn't Southwestern. And the problem isn't Paige Patterson. These are symptomatic. So I suggest that if Southwestern really wants to make its mark, it's going to make decision, leadership decisions that are going to be in keeping with uh, a, an entirely different mode of operation, and that it's not going to it's not going to be something that's akin to the glory story. I mean, ironically, J.D. Greer posted on Facebook recently that he and his staff had read a book. I had not heard of it till I saw this. I think it's called the 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 Lamb and the Dragon or the Lion. And, I can't remember. Anyway, it was interesting that in his in his post. Um, Facebook posts with a link to a piece he wrote. He 
He talked about the conviction that um, the, even their leadership has been a leadership out of glory. All one can hope is that maybe that's that that could be captured by by others. I mean, here you got a young guy, and I know JD uh, served on the general council of the BAWA with JD. He is the most hospitable guy. I was out there by myself, and his wife, you know, gave me someone to have dinner with on multiple occasions. A great young man. Um, but if he can capture that as golly a rock star among young pastors in the SBC and all the things he's done at Summit, if he can draw that conclusion. Goodness, I would think that maybe um, others ought to, ought to, you know, uh, pick that ball up and run with it, if you will. And I think Southwestern could, maybe Dr. Bingham's the guy. Maybe he is the guy. Maybe his integrity class, his strength of leadership, maybe his, I just don't know him. And maybe if he were a guy like, if that's what he's, his character is, maybe he could lead the seminary in a new direction to say, listen, because here's the final problem. The theological education is in trouble. Hmm. Uh, uh, Golden Gate renames move cells. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news out of Fuller. Uh, seminaries are struggling uh, for students. Uh, students are struggling to pay the bill. Um, theological education is probably not ever going to return to the days of when I was at Southwestern hmm. in the late 80s, early 90s. So um, we may have to completely rethink theological education going forward. Um, uh, you know, uh, so, so, I mean, that's a whole nother deal. But, it, but Southwestern could, be, uh, could, could take this and, and suffer through sure. some indignities and, and emerge with, you know, a model that says, hey, we're going to find a better way to do theological education. And we're, gonna, we're going to train for a different story. And, um, and I, I think, you know, I think that, that could be it, but I want to make, I want to make clear one more time though. I think the, the decisions Dr. Patterson made were unfortunate and wrong. I don't think Dr. Patterson is the problem at Southwestern. I think it's symptomatic mm. of what's going on in uh, the Southern Baptist convention. I got a text in from uh, our friend Alan Cross uh, with the Evangelical Immigration Table that he's actually out in Nashville right now uh, for for staff meetings during that. Again, you know, he continues to fight the good fight uh, in, in regards to immigration reform, specifically on DACA. Uh, he says this, my phone blew up during dinner and I announced what happened. Uh, all caps, everyone had been following the story. Some aren't Christians. A few of us are Southern Baptists, but everyone had an opinion on it. Uh, and, and so the question is this, uh, uh, Todd, a lot of people think that, that, that uh, as this story kind of uh, unfolded over the coming weeks, and as we covered it on, on, on Ryan and Phillips Conversation Rules and on Crossover Radio, that, that we were almost kind of airing our dirty laundry in public. And that that there was, you know, those who had axes to grind uh, against Dr. Patterson or Southwestern or the conservative resurgence or any number of different things. And that to air this dirty laundry in public uh, is, in essence, to reveal it to the world and, and in essence, harm the witness. Now, my question to you is this, is that now that this has come out and and that Dr. Patterson's uh, firing has has, uh, has has been done. Uh, do you believe that that is uh, helpful to the witness uh, of the church as we 
uh, in essence, police our own and say, you know, uh, this is this is something that we did see and, and rectified a mistake. Uh, to those who say that this is much ado about nothing and that the world isn't watching, what would you say to that as well? Listen, if um, if if the news is going to be picked up in the New York Times by the likes of Gerson and Doubted and and Dreher, um, if uh, Religion News Service is running a piece, if the um, uh, Sarah Smith is showing up, I, I, I've got folks outside of the SBC asking me what in the world is going on. Uh, so yeah, I, this isn't just, you know, much ado about nothing. Everybody's paying attention. Um, I mean, I mean, two things come to mind. I, you know, if you've aired, you might as well be honest about it. I mean, you know, listen, I, what was it, 1994, 1995, when we finally apologized for supporting slavery? Right. I mean, you know, I mean, I think, I think, you know, almost 30 years after what we date, where we date the civil rights movement, um, I, these things have been going on for 40 years. Hmm. They've been behind closed doors. The tack, I mean, we could dredge up. We could dredge up a lot of taxes, and people can say, "Oh, this is axe to the grind." You know, only if you happen to be a utilitarian are you willing to do whatever it takes to get your way. And we just happen to think that the way of Jesus calls us something entirely different than that. And so, what better witness to world than we are able to police ourselves? We are able to say, "Hey, no, no, no. We can't." You know, here it is. Let me put it this way: We can't assail Bill Clinton and give President Trump a pass. Hmm. And that's what we've done. And so I've begun lately thinking that, you know, it's no wonder that some prominent figures in the SBC are are so committed to, to, to Trump. They've been practicing this in the SBC for so long. So when when you know, it shouldn't be any surprise when this is what you've clamored for is your opportunity. You've you've been ladder climbing to get to your place. I mean, you understand you, you understand power and people who get there and you admire them how, in whatever way they got there. And they're, you know, so I, I think it's related. And, and, and so, no, I think we need a public uh, display. Uh, we've got this wrong. Hey, and we're not done, Phil. We're not done. We still don't have women right. We still don't have that issue right. Right. And so... Um, the, 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 the quick calls to purifying and, and, and revivals coming and all of that, that's a little bit premature unless we're really willing to, uh, address all the issues and not feel gloating that now that Dr. Patterson is gone, all is right with the world. That's just a misreading of it. So, like I said earlier, Todd, and this is my last question. As it's getting late, yeah. it's ten fifteen here, and uh, and and you and I could go all night about this because as we sure. un, un, unpack, you know, the implications, what it means for the meeting in Dallas, and what you know, uh, whether or not um, that uh, uh, Dr. Patterson should or shouldn't uh, 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 preach uh, uh, during during the, the the annual meeting. But uh, but as I said earlier, uh, uh, Todd, that uh, that we are in the redemption business. Uh, that uh, God has redeemed us, and that uh, uh, that He is in the business of of taking sin and and reconciling it to Himself, 
and, and those, those who have been uh, critical of those who've been critical of Dr. Patterson are, are saying, where's the grace for, for Dr. Patterson? And so my question is this, and, and I think there's a question that all of us will struggle with, is, is that what does a redemption story look for, uh, for Dr. Patterson? Uh, how can he, um, I don't want to say get back in good graces, but in, in essence, uh, uh, not only reconcile um, his, his actions over the, the course of his career, that it seems to be coming out, of, you know, as, as the stories from Southeastern are, are coming to light, the stories from Southwestern are coming to light. Uh, how, how can this, this story of Dr. Pat- Patterson turn to a redemption story where God can say, you know, where people can, can look at Dr. Pat- Patterson and say, see what God has done? Okay. Um, if the story is about Dr. Patterson and redemption is about Dr. Patterson, then someone else is going to have to set the agenda and he won't be able to bear up under the weight of it. If, on the other hand, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, then Dr. Patterson already has what he needs. And that chapter concludes with what shall separate us from the love of God. If God did not spare his own son, how will he not lovingly give us all things? And then we get that, you know, crescendoing conclusion. Dr. Patterson has all he needs for reconciliation and redemption. It's all been taken care of by God's work in Christ. He does not need you or I or any group to set an agenda to rehab his reputation because the story isn't about Dr. Patterson rehabbing his reputation. If we're going to talk about grace, then we've got to go to the story uh, that we find Paul concluding there. Uh, well, he doesn't conclude there, but he he certainly gives us uh, a whole lot to think. And then since, you know, some question, you know, how evangelistic some of us are, um, it does get us back to John 3, uh, you know, and verse 17. And so I, I, I think Dr. Patterson has everything he needs. Uh, and it's right there. Um, and, and I don't want to be flippant when I say this, uh, when we always all have said there, but for the grace of God, go, I listen, Luther was right. We're at once sinner and saint. And if we are dependent on our own story, how it gets written and recorded in history, then we're living and bearing up under the power of sin and the law that is, is always going to win. But if we believe that Jesus defeated the powers of sin and death, Uh, on the cross, then the story is about God's work in Jesus, and that takes care of Dr. Patterson. That's a good word there, Todd. And so uh, I'll leave you this. I mean, uh, just uh, whatever we didn't cover, final thoughts. I offered it to Ryan, so it'd be fair to offer it to you. What are your final thoughts? Uh, And um, kind of going forward over the next couple weeks and even even for the future, not just for the Baptist Church, but but, uh, for for the uh, bride, uh, for the bride of Jesus itself. Yeah, Philip, I, 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 you know, any final word I would have, I I probably just gave, um, I, I don't know that sometimes we still aren't worried about our own reputation, our own denominations, our own institutions and structures. And we prop them up so that we can tout that we're better than the Methodists or we're better than this group, or we're not as liberal as that group. And I still read Romans 8 the way I read it a while ago. And I think that um, I, I'm, I'm, that that is what drives me to think that this isn't the end. Uh, this is just 
part of an ongoing saga, an ongoing story uh, of all of us. And, and so um, I think if we can just remember there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ, and the good news is us that we declare that um, to everyone. Todd, man, I thank you for uh, staying up late and uh, joining us for this breaking news right here on Crossover Radio. To recap again, a statement from Southwestern uh, Theological Seminary uh, that uh, Dr. Paige Patterson effective immediately removing all benefits, rights, and privileges provided by the uh, meeting a week ago, uh, including title of President Emeritus, invitation to reside at the Baptist Heritage Center, and theologian-in-residence and ongoing compensation. Dr. Patterson has been removed. Uh, from his position. Uh, Todd, man, again, thank you so much for staying up late with us. Hey, thanks for calling, Phil. Yeah, you bet. As always, I want to thank you for listening. And uh, we'll have some other uh, episodes uh, forthcoming. Uh, We'll be at an event next week, actually the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention, and I may work with my friend Alan Cross to do some interviews uh, uh, related to uh, immigration and help him with his his work there and maybe uh, lend a hand. He can maybe get a few more interviews than he otherwise would. Uh, In the meantime, we're working on a few other guests. And and, uh, so, as always, uh, do do us a favor and uh, share the podcast. Uh, Subscribe in your favorite podcatcher. Uh, You can subscribe to the email so that you're always alerted to new episodes on Pathological. And uh, I just hope you have a great week and think theologically about all the experiences that you face. This has been Todd Little with Pathological, the podcast for the pastor theologian. Peace. <laughs>